pain has reached epidemic proportions in America. I'm Dr. Paul Christo. This is Aches and Gains. Dr. Paul Christo is one of America's leading experts on relieving pain. He's board-certified, Harvard-trained, and a pain medicine specialist at Johns Hopkins. U.S. News & World Report ranks him as a top doctor and among the top 1% in the nation for pain management. Becker's Review selected him as one of the 70 best pain management physicians in America. He's listed as a super doctor for the Washington, D.C., Baltimore, Northern Virginia area. Aches and Gains is a weekly talk show covering all aspects of pain and pain relief. The human impact is real. Older adults, children, and even infants struggle to cope with pain. But there's hope, and there are treatments that can ease pain and suffering. The show offers compelling stories about people who've found relief. We share cutting-edge treatments from contributing experts, and we offer ways to help people cope with their pain. Welcome to the show. We've done shows on the benefits of stimulating the spinal cord with small amounts of electricity to reduce pain. That's called spinal cord stimulation. It's like a cardiac pacemaker, but it's for the spinal cord instead of the heart. We've also done shows on directly stimulating parts of the brain with small amounts of electricity to control pain. This is called deep brain stimulation and motor cortex stimulation. Now we're going to delve into how we can suppress pain by stimulating a nerve that lies in the neck called the vagus nerve. The therapy is called vagus nerve stimulation, and the results will astonish you. It's approved by the FDA for treating epilepsy and depression. It's a newly explored therapy for pain that requires surgical implantation of an electrode placed around the vagus nerve in the neck. This electrode is connected to a battery that's implanted near the collarbone. There are even newly developed transcutaneous forms, that is, forms that are applied to the skin, of vagus nerve stimulation that avoid surgery and may help with headache and other pain conditions. Our first guest is Jean Haas, a middle school and high school science teacher with about seven years of severe fibromyalgia. She'll share the dramatic effects of vagus nerve stimulation on her pain, ability to think, and capacity to function in life. Then Dr. Benjamin Nadelson, professor of neurology at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai and director of the Pain and Fatigue Center, joins us. He'll talk about the potential for suppressing pain with vagus nerve stimulation, side effects from the therapy, and the hope for applying this new technology to a broad array of medical conditions. Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, Purdue Pharma, Teva Pharmaceuticals, Millennium Laboratories, My Life Patient Program, and DC2 Healthcare, and The Pain Community. For live online listening to Aches and Gains, please go to paulchristomd.com. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. Jean Haas had widespread body pain from fibromyalgia that significantly affected her life. That all changed after she enrolled in a study that used vagus nerve stimulation for pain control. Jean, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you. On our last show, you talked about living for six to seven years with widespread joint, muscle, and abdominal pain from fibromyalgia. I mean, it affected your entire life and led to a lot of time crying and in bed. But you enrolled in a study that looked at whether vagus nerve stimulation could affect treatment-resistant fibromyalgia. And what happened was extraordinary. Talk to us now about what the researchers actually did. I mean, where was the vagus nerve stimulator implanted? Um, Well, there's two pieces. There's the battery portion, which is in the uh, left 
chest wall above the left breast, mm-hmm. kind of in the muscle tissue. Okay. And then there's a wire that leads under the skin up to my neck. And at the end of the wire, there's three leads, and those three leads are wrapped around different parts of the vagus nerve on the left side of my neck. Okay. What was the surgery like? Well, the surgery was scary. It had to be done by a neurosurgeon because the vagus nerve sits between the artery and the vein in your neck, and there was always the concern of one of those getting nicked and bleeding out on the table, so that's always a little nerve-wracking. Right. You know, I still have slight nerve damage um, of the other superficial nerves in my neck where I don't feel things it's not quite normally, but that doesn't bother me. Well, Jean, once they turned the stimulator on, what did that feel like? They weren't turning us on right away because we needed to heal. The first time you turn it on, um, every time it, it stimulates the, the muscle, I mean the nerve, excuse me, it causes you to cough uncontrollably. So they didn't want to turn it on right away for anybody for at least a week or so because they wanted people to physically heal from the incision. Okay. Um, and then they weren't turning everybody on because they wanted to see who would have a placebo effect from just having it implanted. Mm -hmm. So they kind of didn't tell you if yours was on or not when you went back for your follow-up visit, but I knew right away mine was turned on because um, you could feel it kind of like your whole neck tighten up, your throat tighten up into your esophagus. And then, of course, the uncontrollable coughing didn't help. You would cough for 30 seconds without stop. Wow. And this was every... um, Five minutes. Well, I mean, that's pretty extreme. How were you able to sleep at night? Yeah, so the only way to sleep at night was to actually have to put a magnet um, over the uh, incision site. Mm-hmm. And the magnet would turn off the um, battery so that you could sleep through the night. And um, as soon as you got up in the morning, you took it off and you immediately started coughing. Wow. Well, you know, so once this device, the vagus nerve stimulator, was implanted and turned on, how did you feel? I mean, what happened? The one good side effect I saw right away was the brain fog started disappearing. Uh-huh. Prior to the surgery, I could have a conversation with somebody not remember who I just spoke to. Wow. So that was amazing because I had lived for so many years with limited short-term memory. Mm-hmm. I, I call it my cognitive disability. Yeah, no, I mean, the results really are astounding. Some of the side effects that are reported by those who have vagus nerve stimulators implanted for epilepsy and, and those who were in this study uh, are things like dry mouth, uh, fatigue, voice changes, sometimes some facial pain, headaches, and also shortness of breath. Did you experience any of those? The dry mouth typically would come from the coughing that you initially would experience, and it was about a month's worth of nonstop coughing every time it would turn on. Mm-hmm. My simulator was set to go off every five minutes. It was every five minutes from the time I woke up to the time I went to bed. Wow. It took a while for the fatigue to start abating a little bit. Once you get through a month or so of the coughing, the next step would be about a month to six weeks of when the simulator goes off, you couldn't speak at all. Mm. And then after about six weeks of that, that just kind of fades away and you get used to it. Yeah. But every once in a while, my voice will drop, especially if I happen to be out of breath. Maybe I'm doing some exercise or something. So my voice is a little um, deeper, huskier. Yeah, but now you're able to exercise, which you could never have done before the vagus nerve stimulator was implanted. Based on what you described, I mean, I can see how many of us would be afraid of having this device implanted. On the other hand... This therapy has been life-changing for you, and the side effects have virtually all dissipated. Occasionally, I have that muscle tightening, but I love it. I mean, I would don't want to give this up, yeah. so I, I'm happy that I did the surgery. It's the best thing I ever did in my life. Well, that's great to hear. Now, 
The device was implanted in 2008, and since then, you use it 24 hours a day, seven days a week, including at night when you sleep. And it goes on every 10 minutes, and it lasts for about 30 seconds. Now, tell us what happened to your symptoms of fibromyalgia gene from 2008, once the vagus nerve stimulator was implanted. The radiating joint pain was the next thing to slowly start to decrease. I could be physically touched. I could be hugged Mm -hmm. without screaming out in pain. Before the surgery, I couldn't get out of bed without my husband helping me. Yeah. And the minute my feet would touch the floor, I, the pain traveled through my feet up to my head. I thought my head was going to explode. And that was one of the first things that that nerve pain, that intense nerve pain disappeared. Uh-huh. So it was dramatic. It was probably all within six months to a year, maybe less even, during that post-trial time. By the time that first year was up, I felt like um, I had been reborn. Yeah. I mean, I I have pain, don't get me wrong, the pain isn't gone, but the pain I have nowadays is normally ignorable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've gone from taking 3 to 350 milligrams of lyric a day down to 75. I've gone from taking 16 or more tramadols a day to my normal is 2. Yeah. Uh, which I take in the morning because I've, I'm very stiff when I first wake up in the morning and I have just normal stiff joint pain in the morning and that just kind of gets the edge off. Yeah. And I normally don't take anything else unless I've done some exercise that kind of increases the pain a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's fantastic that you're able to exercise at this point and that you've had such a remarkable turnaround from the vagus nerve stimulator. How else has the pain relief affected your life? Well, I mean, first of all, I don't need help to do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm able to hold a job. I, like I said, I got my master's degree, yeah. went back to school, um, switched careers completely. I don't have any concerns about forgetting everything anymore, um, especially you know, with having a newborn in the house and not remembering the first year or two of her life. We've gone back to hiking. We've gone back to camping. Mm-hmm. You know, just being able to, to do things. You know, I mean, I still have my, my, what I call my bad days, which are days where I may have to take an extra channel or two because I pushed it too much. Sure, but I mean, there's a night and day difference between how you can function now compared to the lack of function before the stimulator was implanted. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, this might be pretty obvious, but let me ask it. Would you do it all again? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. You know, at the end of the two-year study, you had an option of being explanted or keeping it. And I told Dr. Nadelson he'd have to hold me down you know, and, and forcibly remove it from my body. He wasn't getting it back. <laughs> um, and now I'm at the point now where I need to, like I said, find a battery because yeah. I'm afraid of it turning off and eventually running out on me. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, I hope the insurance company, the manufacturer of the device, and a neurosurgeon come to your aid in, in replacing the battery so that you can continue to have your life back. And I hope it's not taken away. Thank you. Jean, what would you say to those in pain who continue to suffer and who've lost hope? Not to give up hope. I wish, as a company, they would pursue this marketplace because I know there are tons of other women and men who would benefit from this product, and I wish it would get FDA approved. Yeah. I just think of the thousands of people who would jump on this and do it right away if they knew they could get the results. So mm-hmm. whatever I have to do, and uh, I have to take care of myself so I can take care of my family. Yes, you do. You're really an inspiration for those living with pain, and I'm sure your story will raise someone else's spirits. Thank you for sharing it with Thank us. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Don't go away. After the break, we'll hear once again from Dr. Benjamin Nadelson. He's a professor of neurology at the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. 
Aches and Gains is supported by Medtronic, a global leader in medical technology, alleviating pain, restoring health, and extending life for millions of people around the world. Visit TameThePain.com to learn about treatment options for chronic pain. Teva, the leading global pharmaceutical company committed to increasing access to high-quality health care by developing, producing, and marketing affordable generic medicines, as well as innovative and specialty pharmaceuticals. Millennium Health is a leading health solutions company that delivers accurate, timely, clinical, actionable information to inform the right treatment decisions for each patient at the right time. Millennium offers a comprehensive suite of services to better tailor patient care. More information is available at www.millenniumhealth.com. My Life Patient Program and DC2 Healthcare. Connecting patients to top physicians in the United States, reaching the highest standard of patient care through research patient programs and gains in overall health. For more information, please visit mylifepatientproject.com and dc2healthcare.com. Dr. Nadelson is a neurologist, researcher, and clinician. His focus is on improving the lives of patients with widespread pain and conditions like fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome. He directs the Pain and Fatigue Center at Mount Sinai, Beth Israel in New York City. Dr. Nadelson, welcome back to Aches and Gains. Thank you very much. On our last show, we talked about the function of the vagus nerve and how it can reduce pain, a bit about vagus nerve stimulation for epilepsy and depression, and then delved into your study looking at vagus nerve stimulation for pain. Now, in our previous guest's case, Jean, uh, I mean, vagus nerve stimulation really completely transformed her life. I mean, she discussed how she's been able to go back to college, earn a master's degree, and work Did you see this in other patients? If you went to another half dozen of the patients of the 13 that we did, you would get similar reports. If this were a placebo effect, they ought to be sick after a year, and they weren't, and they're still not. Okay. I I saw a patient recently who uh, felt so good that she said, you know, I think we can turn this thing off. I really don't have any problems at all. Wow. So let's turn it off and see how I do, mm-hmm. you know, because I want to maintain the battery duration in case I need it. Sure. So, Dr. Nadelson, what's the next step? We need to do some kind of dose response so that we can figure out uh, it's the treatment, it's the specific activation of the vagus, and not their interacting with Dr. Nadelson and Dr. Nadelson's research staff that makes them better. Absolutely. Now, I know that most of the side effects were related to the stimulation of the vagus nerve itself, rather than the implantation, for example, that is the surgery or the components of the device. So what were the typical side effects that patients experienced? Some of them would be a little disturbed at sleep and needed to use the magnet. Many of them reported that the tone of their voice uh, would alter uh, during the 30 seconds that the stimulus would be on. Mm -hmm. Some of them got some heartburn, but over time, for nearly every one of them, except the one or two who wanted the device explanted, the side effects waned over time. Well, that's important. And we heard from Jean, our previous guest, that, that her side effects diminished and actually mostly went away in time as well. Uh-huh. Although we don't understand yet how this works, what do you think is happening that lowers pain in patients with fibromyalgia or headache? Well, it's a great question. Um, we know that pain is modulated as it goes up from the skin through the spinal cord into the brain, Mm -hmm. okay? 
and we know it can be modulated as it goes from the brain down. Right. Now, from the brain down, it seems that vagus nerve stimulation may modulate or, or change that part of the pain control system in us. That is, it may increase levels of serotonin and norepinephrine to reduce pain. We, we don't know that. Some experiments that have been done in animals indeed have, have done that. And, and that's why some of these drugs, which are uh, serotonin and norepinephrine reuptake inhibitors mm-hmm. that are available for treating fibromyalgia, yeah. one is deloxetine and the other is milnasopran. These two drugs are FDA approved and they work by altering serotonin and norepinephrine levels we expect uh, in areas that are related to uh, pain. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating is that vagus nerve stimulation also inhibits inflammation by suppressing the production of inflammatory molecules called cytokines from the spleen, and specifically one of these molecules called tumor necrosis factor. There's a, a hypothesis that cytokine activation can produce some of these symptoms, and it is now well known that vagus nerve stimulation comes this immune aggravation. Yeah, you know, and I think this has prompted an interest in studying uh, vagus nerve stimulation for conditions that are quite painful and can be disabling, like uh, arthritis, colitis, and myocardial infarction. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's true. As a matter of fact, I think there's some pilot work being done uh, by the company that makes the transcutaneous stimulator. Mm -hmm. I think the uh, company that makes the implantable stimulator, actually, I think is trying it in heart failure and stroke. Mm -hmm. There's some data that BNS can reverse processes that lead to uh, progressive failure of the heart and even stroke. Well, I mean, that's got to be encouraging for those who, who have heart failure or, or even stroke. Mm-hmm. Now, even though this device is not FDA approved for pain, it is for treatment-resistant epilepsy and depression. So about how much does this cost? The device is about 20000 and then you need the surgeon to put it in, mm-hmm. and which can be anywhere from two, I would think, to ten thousand. That's right. Plus the operating room costs and the hospital costs. Exactly. And it's time for a break. But stay with us because when we come back, we'll talk to Dr. Nadelson about the exciting potential of transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation. I'm Dr. Paul Christo, and you're listening to Aches and Gains. Aches and Gains is supported by the Pain Community, a web-based nonprofit created by people living with pain. Check out paincommunity.org for information, references, advocacy tools, and a premium section to securely interact with other members in forums and chat rooms. Purdue Pharma, making a positive impact on healthcare and on lives, reminding everyone to safeguard medications in their home. For cutting-edge treatments and resources, follow Dr. Paul Christo on Twitter or like Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo on Facebook. Welcome back. We're here with Dr. Benjamin Nadelson, who's a neurologist, researcher, and clinician, and we're talking about vagus nerve stimulation for pain. Uh, Benjamin, more recently, uh, transcutaneous vagus nerve stimulation devices have been studied. These don't require surgery, and uh, one of them, in fact, is like wearing an earphone that stimulates the auricular branch of the vagus nerve, which is sort of the inside of the ear. What are your thoughts on this approach? Well, I have to tell you, uh, this company that has the transcutaneous device has had the device approved in Europe for treatment for migraine, Mm -hmm. 
and uh, they have some very convincing data that it reduces first an acute migraine attack and may uh, prevent attacks from uh, recurring as frequently. Electricor is the name of the company. Yeah. So we'll see. I think they're applying for uh, FDA approval for a subgroup of headache patients called cluster headache, which is much rarer than a migraine, mm-hmm. but quite devastating when you get it. And if that's approved, uh, then it might be a relatively easy extension after it's approved to try it in migraine. Yeah, I agree. Now, uh, interestingly, with respect to Europe, the other device that I referred to is called uh, NEMOS, N-E-M-O-S, and that has received the European clearance for treating epilepsy. That's the one where patients wear an earphone that stimulates the auricular branch of the vagus nerve, and that's, again, inside uh, the ear. That's received European clearance for treating epilepsy epilepsy. And preliminary studies have shown that it's beneficial in reducing pain in healthy patients and in patients with chronic pelvic pain. Now, the GammaCore device is the one that you're more familiar with that's being studied for headache, epilepsy, and actually some gastrointestinal disorders. Talk to us more about the GammaCore device. What this is, is a handheld battery-operated device. The device uh, is got two polished metal ends, which are essentially electrodes mm-hmm. that the uh, patient puts electrode jelly on, like you have a, an ultrasound or an electrocardiogram. Right. Uh, they're taught how to position it in their neck, and they push a button, and they have a little dial on it to turn the current up or down. But again, I have to say that in the United States, No one is using this because it hasn't been approved so far for anything. But right now, it is not available except for research. Well, I mean, but there's great therapeutic potential, it seems, for it. Uh, Now, Benjamin, with respect to the GammaCore device, how often is the stimulus applied and for how many times a day? 90 seconds each for each uh, side, three or four times a day. So it's a lot less stimulus, a lot less current than the implanted device, which is 30 seconds for every five minutes. Mm -hmm. But again, that number was made arbitrarily based on the idea that more is better and more may not be better, more may be worse. So I think that there is work still to be done uh, to find uh, what is the most comfortable and most effective set of stimulus parameters that can be used. Mm -hmm. I mean, it seems like vagus nerve stimulation can be used to help treat a wide variety of medical conditions. I mean, ranging from headache to pain to uh, epilepsy and even gastrointestinal disorders. Anything else? There's an abstract out there on asthma because in asthma, you know, we have bronchoconstriction, which can be treated with uh, the vagus. Yeah. You know, I think also vagus nerve stimulation may be used even more broadly for conditions potentially like Alzheimer's disease or eating disorders. And finally, what's important for us to remember about vagus nerve stimulation for pain? Well, I, I think it's the hope that future studies will prove its usefulness in a wide uh, set of pain syndromes and that it will be approved and used without the great cost of having to ask a surgeon to implant it. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, we have to see if transcutaneous works as well as implanted. Those are studies that are ongoing right now. But if they do, that will expand the number of patients who are going to be able to have it. 
Mm-hmm. And Benjamin, how can patients reach you? Our website is www.painandfatigue.com. And uh, we don't see any patient who has not filled out our health screen form because we want to know about our patients before they walk in the door. Absolutely. You know, this has been a fabulous show. Thanks so much, Dr. Nadelson. And thank you for having me, Paul. And thank you for listening to Aches and Gains. The views and opinions expressed in this radio program are solely the views of Dr. Paul Christo and do not necessarily express the views of this radio station and Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine, nor an endorsement by any or all of them of any of its content. This show provides medical information, not advice. Please consult your personal physician before engaging in any course of treatment or use of any of the techniques or products discussed on this show. Discussion of particular uses of products on this show have not been approved by any of the manufacturers of such products. To access podcasts of the show, please go to paulchristomd.com. That's paulchristomd.com. Aches and Gains is produced by Tom Blair and Ty Ford. Elsa Langford is the technical consultant and engineer. Dr. Paul Christo is the executive producer. Thanks for listening. This is Aches and Gains with Dr. Paul Christo.